Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. So, hi, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. Today, I have another guest, Donalyn Riley by name. Now, that's a brilliant first name, isn't it? Donalyn Riley. That's like two names for the price of one. So good afternoon, Donalyn. How are you? Thanks for joining me today. Uh, thank you. I'm very, very pleased to be here. Uh, it is kind of two names for the price of one, which is kind of nice. <laughs> it's showing off, some might say, but you know, yeah, I, right. I, I wouldn't be the one to say that, obviously. <laughs> and um, right. I, can t- I can tell from the accent that you're um, some, the last person who was on my podcast, you know what, they were, they were, I think, eight miles away from me, but I'm suspecting you're further away than that quite a bit. (laughs) Where are you today? I am in Massachusetts. Oh, can you believe it? Um, I didn't realize it was in the room with me. I apologize. Um, So I am in Massachusetts in the United States. So quite a few miles away. (laughs) Yeah. So is that crab? Is that lobster country? Is That's where Uh, all the lobsters come from? So yeah. uh, So on the coast, you can get that. I'm actually about two and a half hours inland. So uh, it's beautiful. Uh, they call them the Berkshire Hills here. We have beautiful hillscapes. And this is the time of year that we have uh, beautiful leaves turning colors. And uh, it, it can't get better than this moment and the last uh, four months. And then it turns to snow and it doesn't stop for a very long time. Yes. <laughs> Now, there's, that, there's that very famous uh, Family Guy sketch, isn't there, when the first leaf goes brown and then there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people arriving in cars, aren't there? That's what used <laughs> to happen the... here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, lovely. Thank you for joining me today. Tell, tell, um, tell me what it is you do. Well, how would you describe what it is you do? So I would say that uh, I help online entrepreneurs of all sorts to see their business in a spiritual way, to use spiritual tools, emotional tools to solve their business problems. So what happens is often we feel like we have a problem, like I can't choose between this software service and that software service or whatever that really tangible problem that's in front of you is. And what happens often is that there's actually a, an inability to have a good decision-making process or uh, be able to really tap into yourself to know what you want out of the situation so that you have a guiding light. Uh, And there's 
kind of, of course, people bring all their baggage with them too. So there's uh, past things that may be impacting the way that you are making decisions in that moment and whether those decisions are really good for your business. So taking this spiritual approach as I do because I'm a spiritual health coach, um, really allows you to take a step back and make better decisions for Brilliant. your business. So there's a lot to talk about there, just there. So uh, I'm guessing it's not just the owners, it's anybody in business, because if you're making decisions, it doesn't matter what level. I'm guessing you can be an employee, you can be a public sector yes. worker, you can, you know, it's, it seems to be that decisions are decisions in a way, but I understand yes. that that's your focus. Now, you've mentioned the dreaded S word already, and a lot of people are already heading for the hills going, oh my goodness, we're going to be lectured on goodness knows what now. But what, what is a spiritual health coach? Okay, so this is a, a good question because most people go, wait a minute, are, is this religious, you know? Um, and <clears throat> when you work with me, certainly with my background, I'm a licensed spiritual health coach, so I have a lot of background in it. Um, it really doesn't require any kind of uh, religious belief at all, right? That we are really doing work between you and you to get answers, right? So I know that sounds a little funny, you and you, <laughs> but it's internal work to be able to uh, really tap into those answers and have mechanisms. Like there are real tools to use. It isn't sort of, a lot of times people feel like, oh, that's woo woo and I don't know what to do there. And oh, they told me to meditate and I don't really know what I'm doing, <laughs> right? But if you can get some real concrete tools, then you can move forward quite easily uh, and, and practice those tools. Okay, cool, love this. Now I'm a psychologist so I, and I tend to work down the neuroscience scientific side of things, but I'm actually very open-minded about, as you would call it, woo-woo, um, because, because I actually have done EFT and energy psychology and you know, looked at all those sorts of things. And actually there's an enormous amount of um, practitioner research that backs up you know, the efficacy of the, re of the results, actually, never mind the process itself. So, so I'm going to be open-minded uh, on behalf of everybody else. But let's, sta let's, let's start by, well, you talked about being a spiritual co co coach. What's a sp what do you mean by spirit in that case? Oh, this is a great question. No one has ever asked me this question. This Sorry is a great that. question. No, spectacular. <laughs> Love it. Um, so what I mean by spirit in that case is your spirit right so a lot of times when we look outside ourselves for that definition of spirit you come up with uh, various names so they range from different ways of saying god right and, and outside of you deity that yeah. one you know relates to um, they all the way through sort of calling things the universe or uh, saying that there are laws of the universe and we're going to rely on those, right? So all of that is outside of you. Yeah. Um, and the work uh, for me in the word, particularly with the word spirit, is about your spirit. So there's something magical that happens, not really magical, um, <laughs> between when you are able to create space between that part of you that you can that you've felt throughout your life right and your body which you have a sensation has changed throughout your life most mm -hmm. people yeah. unless you're 
well, even if you're 12, right? Yeah. You've changed a lot. Already, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and that part of you, that is your brain. So we, ha we think thoughts and we know what that sensation is and we have physical sensations and, and we can say, okay, I'm, I am experiencing that, right? So there's space in there. And uh, we're able to turn both of those things off at any point, right? Through meditation or people have done it through isolation tanks and all sorts of, you know, yeah. really want to experience what is it without this physical body and without our thoughts. Um, and there is some piece of you that is separate from that. Right. Actually, one of my favorite ways that I heard it explained or illustrated for me is um, when my brother uh, was about, I think he was about 40, maybe. My father was about 60. And my brother saw my father's body going through changes, right? And yeah. he said uh, to my dad, uh, what what's it like to be your age? And my father said to him, it is exactly like being your age, except my body is different. And so that really gives an indication of how we feel that separation between yeah. you, the you that doesn't get impacted by those things, and you, the you that is showing up in the world in your physical body. Right. So, so I like that. That makes sense, actually. It's, it's almost this word spirituality gets in the way in a funny sort of way, because you seem to be talking about, and maybe this is why this word's here, because you seem to be talking about a combination of soul, identity, and life force. Is that fair? Hmm. Yes, I like those words. Yes. I would have said soul, and I love the idea of life force because that is the, the piece of you that is in this present yeah. time. But, so identity, but identity is an idea, isn't it? Which is, whichever age you are, I am the person within almost. And you know, this is where we get into all sorts of um, challenging issues around things like um, gender and all that sort of stuff because that's part of identity as well. So that's, that's sort of quite, it's quite, an, it's quite an interesting idea that your practice will be covering those things off, really. It is an interesting idea because uh, the concept of identity is who am I in the world? Not who am I to myself? I would question, is there an answer to that question without relationship? So you say I'm defined by everybody else. So in other words, I only I only can define myself when I come into contact with others. Otherwise, I'm, it's, it's almost philosophical, isn't it? Because otherwise, I'm just an idea. In terms of identity, I would agree with that. Okay. In terms of soul, yeah. of something that is beyond this physical experience, even though we're in this physical experience. Yeah. Um, then I would say, no, it is not relational. And maybe that is the, the way to kind of think about it is this is the, the part of you that is not relational um, to this world. And yet your body, your brain, your thoughts, your identity, your ego are all relational, right? Yes. Who I am has to do with, well, let's take gender. I mean, this is outside my, uh, my normal scope because I work with business people usually, but let's, let's go with it and, and just kind of explore for a moment that the concept of gender identification, the concept of gender 
doesn't exist except for in a physical experience, right? Yeah. So tapping into that part of you that is non-physical, right? That exists yeah. outside the boundaries of okay. that normal. So outside of the relational yes. existence. But what's really great about what you're talking about, you're, grounded, you're grounding this in something that's easy to understand rather than some sort of, I mean, I, lo I love this idea of having it within rather than without, because it does remove this whole concept of, like you say, deities and woo woo and all that sort of stuff. So it makes sense to me when you're saying things like at a very practical level, if I'm working in the business and I have to make a decision, knowing who I am, well, uh, you know, normally it's descri it described as beliefs or something along those lines, but I'm guessing you're thinking this is something more profound than beliefs. Well, uh, beliefs are based on experience, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, when you come into the world, generally you have very few beliefs, right? Yeah. Children don't generally run around and, and have deep beliefs about things. Yeah. You gain that experience over time and you say, oh, this is the way it works. Oh, I understand how that part relates to each other. And, right, and you work out your beliefs or you're given your beliefs through your family relationships and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so... Beliefs are something we practice yes. where um, if you're able to tap into that space that is outside of that, mm. then which I realize is kind of, it's a, it's a intangible, right? And in a way I'm avoiding all the kind of normal words that you would use on purpose yeah, absolutely. because they have, they carry with them. Yeah. Somebody wrote a book about it and now you have a concept of what that is. And really what, what I would, uh, propose that you really take a look at is tapping into that piece of you that is unexplored and that is um, in a way feels eternal, right? I yes. don't want to, I don't know what happens when we go. Yes. <laughs> so that's not part of it, but it feels like, oh, I, I am unimpacted, the I that is inside, right? Yes, yes, I'll, I'll, that makes sense. And I like the way you're thinking about this because what you're doing is you're putting it outside of cognition. So what you're saying is actually everything else was just neuroscience and and you're also avoiding some of those very dodgy areas like the god spot and 40 45 hertz stuff yes. um so that makes sense so so i'm so so therefore i'm thinking okay if you're a spiritual health coach i can get this but what you're basically saying is how am i healthy and it's and actually the manifestation of that health is my thoughts and my physical sensations and my behaviors because if I'm healthy as an, as, an, as an organism, as an individual, all that starts to look after itself. Now, here's a question. Most of us are working in organizations. In all, I mean, how enlightened do you need to be as an organization to be able to think of this way and get your people to optimize themselves? Because I'm guessing if you optimize a person at this level, productivity and performance is going to improve. So in other words, how do you structure an organization to make this happen? Right. So um, before I go there, I want to kind of lay out one of the methods that I teach and so that you can get a sense of how it might relate in the real world yeah. <laughs> outside of our thoughts. Right. Yeah. And that is uh, so the the place that I always love to start with people is the triple A method of transformation. Right. So the triple A, right, the three A's are awareness, which we've been talking about here. Yeah. Uh, and then assessment. So you can really make an accurate assessment once you get that awareness. Yeah. And most of the time when people have an awareness like that, they 
um, they say, oh, yes, I'm aware I have a problem and I don't like it, <laughs> right? But not that inner awareness. So once you get a true awareness and an accurate assessment, meaning you're able to get sort of a global view so that you can make a decision that is um, not from a very specific vantage point, right? then your adaptation is really true adaptation rather than just random action, right? You've adapted to whatever that new scenario is in your work life. Yeah. And, uh, and that process, when you really learn that process and learn the tools that will help you through that process, then, um, then implementing it is really easy. Right. It's like baking, right? You just follow the recipe and yes. there you go. And so when you say, how do you extend that to a company? I typically work actually with individuals, right? And I find that um, offering something like this inside a company, obviously it's much easier if the company is actually a conscious company, right? Is saying we care how we uh, exist in the world and what the resources we use are and how we treat yeah. one another and all of those things if there's already a basis there. Yeah. But let's pretend that you're in the worst possible situation and you're like, this place is soulless and I don't know if I can take it another day, right? Yeah. That to do this work gives you a perspective on that place, that work area, those people that can shift your relationship to it exponentially. And I'm, I'm gonna give you an example, if you don't mind. Okay, so years ago, uh, I was the CEO of a multi-million dollar co corporation, okay? And so as the CEO, there were moments that were very, very pressure filled, right? And uh, I felt that pressure. So I went, we were having this kind of, uh, several day long negotiation with a vendor and they had beat me up. They had totally beat me up the day before I, I was wounded. I was like, I don't, I can't do it. I apparently, I am not cut out from the same cloth that the people who fall into that soulless category is right. Right. That place where people run hiding. Yeah. And uh, the next day I, I woke up very, very early and I was sitting at my kitchen counter thinking, okay, <laughs> how are we going to get through this day? Please let me get through. And uh, I saw my two kittens at the time playing. And what they were playing was how to kill one another, right? <laughs> so they were gladiators and they were just trying to kill each other. I mean, it started out with a bell ball and then they were like, and I thought, oh my goodness, they're really going to hurt themselves and each other. And then all of a sudden I look back and they're licking each other, having the best time. And I thought, oh, my whole world just shifted. I got that kaleidoscope moment mm -hmm. where I understood that some people don't mean the words the way that I mean the words. Mm -hmm. And some people are playing a game they're, they're, and they mean it that way. They don't mean... I hate you and uh, you know, all of the things that it feels like when you're in those kinds of situations. Yeah. Um, and it's why they're able to walk away from a negotiation and then go to dinner together and things yeah. like that. Where you're just like, how is this possible, right? Yeah. We just were, were at each other's throats. Um, but those kinds of deep perspective shifts 
where you can really get a sense of what is my, what really is my environment? Mm. And what is the way in me that I can make a shift so that I, at the very least, survive in this well, right? Yeah. But thrive in this environment. Yeah. Because it could be fun. And in fact, negotiation from that moment forward for me was actually really fun. Yeah. And I didn't have to leave anybody bloody, <laughs> right? Same. I didn't have to play the game the way they were playing it, Same. but Same. I was able to find a way that fit me. Yeah. So in a say, that's sort of a form of resilience in a way where you, you go really? away, you've been knocked down. And then what you've done is you've, because what you've done there is you've taken accountability for who you were there at that moment, haven't you? And a lot of people would have spent a lot of time just blaming the other people and saying, they're horrible, they're nasty, they shouldn't have done this, don't they realize how important I am, blah, 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 rather than saying, actually, I got this bit wrong, or oh, this bit hasn't been working well for me. And that's how you learn, isn't it? And that's how you begin to be resilient. I, I would contend, I don't know if you agree. I totally agree. And I also think that that's, uh, that piece about awareness is really necessary for that resilience, yes. right? To be able to sort of look at your situation and say, well, I'm the only one I have any control over. Yeah. So let's start with me. Yeah. But we do get those people, don't we, who like to blame everybody else. And, um, mm -hmm. and I wonder if those people who are blaming everybody else, now this is interesting. Do you think that's because they haven't found their soul, spirit, identity, life force? Because I don't know what to call it now. <laughs> yeah, of course we don't. Um, so no, I, I don't. I don't. I think that... Um, when this is my personal opinion, right? This is yeah. not, I'm not telling anybody this is yeah. their not a dictionary definition of this, is there? Let's be honest. So that's good. Right. Yeah. So I, I personally believe that we come into this world and we are totally connected to ourselves. We have all of that, right? We don't right. have a mechanism that, that has us blame everybody. We don't have a mechanism that, like, we're just experiencing. We're fully yeah. present, right? And from that moment forward, we have experiences that form our belief system. <clears throat> so uh, we watch right? We watch adults. We say, oh, look, that one got hurt. And then she says, that's, that's his fault. And oh, okay. And over here, that one got hurt the same way, but they said that it's not that fault. And I, and you make those connections. And now we get into the science of it, right? That you spoke of earlier with um, the neuroscience of it and sort of making those connections over and over and over again, creating the little super highways, right? For the neurons in your brain yeah, make yeah. belief. Yeah. And once you've got those beliefs, it's very hard to change them. Mm. Usually it comes from, as full grown adults, it comes from uh, trauma. You yes. can have trauma, right? A trauma yeah. could be, I got fired. I mean, it doesn't have to be a physical yeah. trauma. Yeah. Um, it comes from intense um uh disappointment right so not necessarily in the category of trauma but i can't go on this way yes. i know i'm i'm not feeling good yeah. and i need to make a change yeah it's like a realization um, yeah yeah so so really in my personal opinion you get from that sort of bright shiny little baby to someone who is living a life that is not really working for your benefit, isn't joyous through those built beliefs. And if you're willing, 
at that moment to say, I will start over, I will do something different, yes. then that willingness can take you into a whole new phase of life. Yes, that's interesting. I wonder if that explains the sort of human need for meaning, because it's one of the things that, you know, you often find when you talk to people about burnout, they lose that sense of meaning, they lose that sense of who they are. They lose their they lose their life force, don't they? In a strange sort of way, their efficacy drops, but also their their ability to take some something from the event or something from the occasion. So, do you think that's a, do you think that's explaining that sort of issue? I like it. I like those words that you're using. Yes, I like it. Um, I particularly like the phrase "who you are." Mm. So, who you really are, right? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm fond of that because it gives you a sense that you have to stop and think about who you are, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and I do think that uh, people who are who are in burnout and in uh, real tough times, uh, grief can do it. You know, there's a lot of different scenarios that can cause that questioning of the worth of this experience here on Earth, uh, and uh, I do think that that really does. That yes. not tapping into that space in you yeah. is is a big piece of that burnout. And I think there's another part of it as well, which sort of leads us into another subject, perhaps, which is this idea of, and I don't think we talk enough about this, this idea of um, corporate grief that comes from actually the achievement of something. You know, now you, you and I were talking earlier, and we talked about both having a background in the performing arts, so we'll come to this. And... Um, I worked in West End theatres, Broadway and such like. You come to the end of a very successful run. And, and then at the end of it, the theatre closes and the show comes off. And then you have burnout that comes from that because actually you haven't got anything else. And that's very similar to business, isn't it? You often find burned out executives who've actually been CEOs and they've overachieved. And, they've, and then they're going, well, what, what now then? And I think, think sometimes it's not just trauma, isn't it? It's almost, you can be, you can be successful and, how, and lose your sense of purpose. You lose your sense of who I was because I haven't reinvented or discovered or thought about who I'm going to be as I go to the next chapter. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I love that you bring theater into it because I do think it's a fantastic uh, mechanism to look at the world through. Uh, and like you said, I worked on Broadway. And so I feel like I got to do that. I had the privilege of doing that with people who had practiced a lot and who yeah. were very good at it. Yeah. And so uh, you knew that what was happening felt like it was happening um, in that space that you talked about. It's, I'm very successful and yet still. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to draw a correlation for you that may be unpopular. Go on, go for it. <laughs> but um, life is really fun, right? Yeah. When you describe a success, it's really fun. You go like, yes, we're doing it. We're having the big Broadway experience show or we're growing that company from X to Y and it's a big deal, right? Or we finally got that contract and we all push together to get it done. Yeah. And so life is really fun. It can be super fun, right? Yeah. But uh, it, is, it is fun from outside of us. Yes, right? agreed. So it's very, very easy 
yeah. in the really good times to lose track of who you really are. Yeah, I agree. So it doesn't, totally it's, it's a funny thing, right? Because we yeah. think like, well, it makes sense to me that if you're lost, if you feel lost, if you feel depressed, if you feel worried, uh, that that's a time that you feel like I don't really have a good sense of that part of me that is tapped in, you know? Um, but in, in joy, we can also do the same thing. Yes, yeah. so, I think you're right. I think the dopamine hijacks you, doesn't it, as much as the serotonin. And you can be addicted to success. But the problem is you're addicted. And it doesn't matter what you're addicted to. The addiction thing is the problem here. So you're right. The, the external thing, it's measuring yourself in the wrong. It's just a different set of measures and they're all external. I think that's what you're saying. I think yeah. you and I are going to spend half an hour violently agreeing with each other. I think this is yeah. a challenge here, isn't yes. it? <laughs> different words. <laughs> I love that you're that you're exploring different words because um, I am uh, I really take an approach where you know there are uh, lots and lots of different roads that lead to where you want to go, yeah. right? And so the idea that there are lots and lots of different words that can be used to sort of flesh out the ideas and really give them. Uh, a deeper meaning for you, the person who's experiencing the words, um, is important, right? Because when you just say one way of saying it, then it's a it's a capsule. But yeah. once you start really poking at it, then it becomes really fleshed out. And I think yeah. that's wonderful. So. I agree. And I have to say that um, those of you who can't see one video didn't realize at the very stage you're talking about Broadway, you did do a fantastic set of jazz hands. There, so. <laughs> I'd like to see you living it. <laughs> um, so, so give me an example or, you know, give me a couple of examples of the sort of work you do and, and how, and how that, you know, manifests itself. Right. So uh, often I work with people uh, in, so this relationship that we're talking about, right. So we've kind of gone into this, I'm trying to think of how far deep I can take you into this. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we've talked a little bit about the AAA method. Yeah. And uh, when you take that and go deeper into that relationship in a real coaching scenario, yeah. right? So we're really responding to one another and there's yeah. a way of getting into a space together, uh, not physical. <laughs> um, then uh, the types of things that can shift in your world are, you know, they, it really manifests in so many different ways. Uh, people have, uh, of course, personal successes out of it as well as, as uh, professional successes. But some of the things that I find are big impediments for the business people that I work with are, uh, is really a sense of self-confidence. And like you said earlier, so interesting, has nothing to do with success, <laughs> right? There are very, very, very successful people that I've worked with who are still have a self-confidence issue. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and you might uh, argue it's why they're successful. Yeah, that's right. That's part, partly it is, partly it is because uh, there's a, a looking outside of yourself for something, right? Yeah. Um, and so you keep but, coming back to this thing, don't you? You keep coming back to this idea that this definite, this fleshing out of what's outside versus what's inside is the key. So I'm guessing that 
some of it's almost gestalt work, isn't it? It's it's you're you're really getting to the heart, self awareness, self control, self regulation, all those sorts of things. You look at my model behind me, you can see that little grid there, which has got regulation written all over it. And it's that bit, isn't it? It's that really knowing yourself. And if you know yourself, you're much more able to have better relationships. You're going to be able to weather the storm. You're going to have better negotiations because actually, there's a sort of, you're basing your foundations on some some degree of certainty rather than something airy-fairy like spirit, he says, coming around to to the subject. (laughs) And and you're basing it on something that is real for you, that is always in your control. Yes. Right. Now, when you change your brand... Absolutely agree. It's not really gestalt work, just because I'm I'm not trained in that work, but it it is very, very similar in that the results are the same and the approach is very similar. Yeah. When you change your brand to Life Force, I'll be coming for my 15%. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 um, there are people I meet every now and then where I know I can spend a, a number of hours talking to them. And, and actually, I have to feel sorry for the podcast audience who are thinking, oh, my goodness, stop this now already. Let that poor woman go. So if people would like to find out more about your um, skills and services, and you'll notice as soon as you go onto uh, Donalyn's site, actually, that is... Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, and all sorts of groovy stuff going on there. Um, so, but how can we find out more about you? How can we find you? What can we find and where? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I think the best place is uh, the website. So donalynreilly.com. So, uh, and I don't know, do you have a way to do a link for them? But Riley yeah, we'll do a lot. Are, yeah. Oh, very good. Then we'll just tell you to click the link. Uh, but it's donalynreilly.com. And... Um, I leave the updates there. In fact, you can even uh, see some of the current uh, Facebook feed and things like that. So you can really tap in. Also, I do run a a Facebook group, a private Facebook group that is free for anyone who is interested in this kind of work. I do weekly trainings in it for free. uh, So you can really kind of get the sense of what we're doing here and and what the impact of that is um, and how you can use it in your own life. And that is, uh, I think, the easiest. Well, on Facebook, I am Donalyn Riley. Yeah. So same name, same way, same spelling, everything. And uh, the group name is Uplift and Activate. Okay. I think I may have joined you. Oh, fantastic. Hey. (laughs) And it can also be found on LinkedIn because I found you there. I love yes. you, won't, I won't, you won't let me join you there. So that's all I'm saying. You're obviously much more dis... Um, dis um, oh, I'd be happy to let you join me. I'm, <laughs> I'm very good at LinkedIn. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know what you mean. So, and then of course, then your website is Donalyn, and that's one word, donalynreilly.com. Yes, that's brilliant. correct. That's Fantastic. correct. Excellent. Well, okay, br- brilliant. That's been fascinating. And um, how interesting. So... It is interesting when you see, so in other words, if you bump into Donalyn's site or Facebook or whatever it might be, you don't need to be put off by this word spiritual. Actually, what you've demonstrated really well here is that actually spiritual is nothing to be frightened of in this sense, because you're talking about something which is just about the inner world versus the outer. And I think that's a brilliant place to to, um, get comfort from. Yes, often I uh, interchange it a little bit with the word emotions, because I think people relate to having emotions. 
but if you've got a better one, maybe I'm going to go for life force soon. Yeah. <laughs> I could okay. talk to you for like days. We could just put the camera on and we could talk for days. That's you know that, right? That. Yeah, I'm yeah. rebranding at the moment. So there I you like go. that. <laughs> Donald, it's been an absolute joy to talk to you and uh, thank you so much for your time. Mine as well. Thank you. You take care. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.